1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and the expert on all matters real estate is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Asif, how are you doing? Great, Tina. How are you? Well, here we are at the end of May, heading into June. Can you share some of the numbers, some of the stats that we're looking at? So, as we talked about, you know, at, from May onwards, we're going to start to see it flattening out over last year's numbers. And, uh, you know, May was no different. I mean, it was a little bit quieter than we had anticipated for May 2018. But the region is selling just over 40 houses a day. And that's going to put us, uh, you know, maybe a couple of hundred units behind last year's pace. But it's still going to be, you know, along the lines of uh, an increase every month since January. So for 2018, we're going up every month, which is a great sign. And it just feels like the momentum's building up. For May, uh, just because of, you know, what we saw last year, the numbers are a little bit off in in most areas. uh, But East Gwillimbury, Georgina Islands, King and Stouffville seem to be around the same levels as they were last year, with the major markets being a little bit off. So that's contributing to, you know, being a couple of hundred units short for the month of May. But we're looking forward to June and and having that momentum continue through. So before we look ahead to June, you know, the headlines these last couple of weeks um, in terms of our national outlook, it's been a bit uh, soft. You know, the numbers are not as hot as, as people want them to be. Why do you think that is? Again, it's comparing 2017 to 2018, and the first part of 2017 was red hot. And you're starting to see the momentum build now. So for June, July, August, we're going to have a a little bit of a later rush this year because of the weather as well. So if you think about what the weather was like in February and March and April, we had we dealt with ice storms and snowstorms and and just cold weather. We just started to see the weather heat up this week. Now you're going to start to see people come out. The buyers are going to be out. The consumer confidence is there. And we're going to start to see June numbers push forward and, and be better than last year's. Okay, so let's look ahead to June. What's happening out there? What can buyers and sellers anticipate in June? There's a lot of inventory, so there's way more inventory than there was last year. So for buyers, that's great because that means you're going to have a lot of selection out there. But you got to jump on it quick because as that inventory gets eaten up, now you're going to be left with either the remaining homes that haven't sold for some reason, or you're going to start to see multiple offers come back because the inventory is being eaten up. Okay, nobody wants to see that, that's for sure. Um, In terms of uh, what's happening in your office, what's going on with your agents and your folks this week? Again, our appointments are up for our listings, and that's traditionally, you know, with the good weather, there's there's more traffic out there. People, are, they want to see more houses. We've got a lot of listings coming up, and uh, our agents are excited about what's going to come for. It's going to be a later spring market, but the summer is going to be a pretty uh, intense summer. So everyone's just gearing up to uh, to get ready for the big rush, and we're looking forward to summer sales that are going to surpass last year's. And you said, you know, it's going to come a little bit later this year. When do you think that is? Are we looking at, you know, late August? Are we looking at July? What are you looking at? We're seeing it start to pick up now. Okay. So, 
if you look at, you know, the first couple of weeks of June, I think it'll pick up right around when school's about to end. People are really getting into the the the, the moving uh, trend then, and then they want to be moved into a place before school starts. So I think June and July will be our busiest months this year. August tends to slow down a bit, vacations and, you know, CNEs on, and people are out and about. But June and July will be pretty busy. And what are we looking at then in terms of that average house price? The average house price, like if you look at uh, a place like Markham right now, the average house price for the year is uh, $898,000, so just under $900,000, which is pretty consistent with where it was last year. Uh, You know, with the multiple offers and stuff, you saw it push over a million dollars. Almost every market, every large market in the GTA was over the million dollar mark. But this is more of a traditional price point. The nine hundred thousand, you know, Richmond Hill is around. It's around the same. It's at uh, eight hundred. Sorry, nine hundred sixty thousand. And you look at Vaughn, nine hundred forty-eight thousand. So you're starting to see, you know, and then with Markham, there's been so many condos built as well. So that's brought it down. So it's not necessarily a drop in price. You're starting to see more condos that are coming on the market. That brings it down too, because this is this is all types of houses that we're discussing here. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. When you talk about average price, what are we talking about? A semi, um, a, a two-story detached. What are we looking at? It's everything. So oh, it's it everything. includes townhouses, semis, detached, bungalows, uh, condos. So this is what's actually happening in the marketplace. And and having more condos available in you know Vaughan and Richmond Hill and Markham, you're starting to see you know the four or five hundred thousand dollar sales bring that average price down a little bit. It's not necessarily like people are looking at it and saying prices are dropping. That's not the case at all. It's just a different segment of the market that's selling more than, you know, the traditional detached homes. Okay. Well, just before we take a break, let's bring in Heather Cooper from Remax Prime Properties with this week's hot listing of the week. Heather, what can you tell us? This week's hot listing is a rare one as we don't usually talk about properties for lease. This week, we have a beauty, a one-bedroom plus Dan condo in the heart of downtown Markham. Imagine just walking out of your front door and being in front of restaurants, the VIP movie theater cinemas. You could walk to the GO station, and we're finding that many of the people moving in and around the area are working at the companies that have just moved their head offices to that area. It's such a great location. This one just hit the market and is on for 1775 a month. And so, Asif, what can you tell us about rental properties? Uh, you know, do you see that there's sort of a rise in, in interest in rental properties right now? There is, especially in the downtown Markham area or even around, uh, you know, Vaughan, where there's a lot of people, you know, moving for work. And, you know, people want to go in and, and check out the area, see if they like it. So they're renting right now. But also, you know, Heather can tell us a little bit about that, the area where we have the listing right now, downtown Markham. There's so much coming up there. Yeah, with York University coming into downtown Markham and just the tremendous growth in that pocket over the last few years, we've been telling investors to buy there for the last you know year or two. It really is a hot spot for investors. Um, look at how the condos surrounding the U of T have taken off in recent years, as well as university towns and cities like London, Windsor, Waterloo. Markham is going to show the same growth, and it's a perfect time to get in. Yeah, it sounds really good. And I know that, Asif, you've been talking about this for quite some time. So, Heather, tell us one more time about this rental property. It's a one-bedroom plus den located in downtown Markham and listed for 1775 a month. Okay, sounds really great. Too good to be true. When we come back, our mortgage specialist shares her expertise on investment properties. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. 
Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thanks, Tina. Thrilled to welcome back Lucy Galliardi from the Mortgage Center. How are you this morning, Lucy? I am great, and I'm thrilled to be back. Thank Good you. Good morning, Lucy. Good morning. So just before we get to Lucy Asif, you know, we just heard from Heather about how investment properties are still a hot commodity, right? And it's such a good idea to invest near those amenities like universities. Um, you know, why is this the time to do that? So, Tina, with with the region, so if you're looking at York region right now and you see how people have uh, – you know, their homes have appreciated and how much equity they have built up in their home right now. I mean, we used to do a seminar, we still do a seminar with some of the banks, and I base it, you know, you've played the game Monopoly. Sure. And, you know, all of our listeners have played this game Monopoly. And it's very similar. Real estate investing, you know, in real life is the same as playing the game Monopoly. And that's how we usually explain it to people to say, you know, you've, you've purchased properties in the game, you've had people land on them, you've collected rent. And downtown Markham, where the rental property that Heather had mentioned, downtown Markham is the new park place or boardwalk because the values are going up so they're they're appreciating so quickly there because of all the amenities that are coming around there. It's a really hot place for people to buy a house right now, and rents are going up. So this condo that's renting out for you know seventeen fifty or eighteen hundred dollars a month used to rent out for about fourteen hundred or fourteen hundred and fifty dollars a month back about three or four years ago so that's how you know you want to be in an area where you can get more rent you're still paying the same amount i mean it's pretty inexpensive to get into the investment property game there it's about four hundred thousand dollars or so to buy a one plus one and you know lucy can tell us a little bit more about financing but lucy if you're purchasing a four hundred thousand dollar condo and say you have a lot of equity in your home maybe uh you know share with our listeners how they can finance this without having to put their own cash in so it's actually pretty simple what you would do is you would refinance the existing mortgage that you have um, and you, you can actually refinance your existing property right up into, right up to 80% loan to value. Um, so if you have a property worth 800000 with an existing $400,000 mortgage, you can actually take out an additional $240,000 to put towards your down payment and your closing costs. So it, it has become, well, so... I'll say that it's a little bit more difficult to get a mortgage, but it, the, the process is really not that difficult to take equity out of your property. It's actually it's actually easier than playing the game because in the game you have to have that cash in the bank because you're paying out cash in order to buy these properties. But in real life, you've got lenders willing to lend you you know up to eighty uh, percent of of your equity uh, in order to purchase these properties. So it's actually if you're thinking about investing uh, out there right now and you have a home that you've built up equity in, it's really easy for you to get in the game. You don't have to. I I think there's a lot of scary factors out there that turn people away from investing and they don't think they can do it. 
but it's a solid investment and it's really easy to do. And I think that's what listeners are a little bit confused by because you talk about, both of you talk about equity in your home. What exactly does that mean? And the other question for you, Lucy, is you often tell us to, you know, stay in a budget, watch what you spend. If I still have a mortgage on my home, is it the right time or the right idea to go out and purchase again? How do I do that? How do I balance it all? So what's going to happen is when you refinance your property uh, or your existing property, you're going to refinance up to whatever limits you you would normally. So your 39% gross debt service ratio and your 44% total debt service ratio. So you're going to be able to afford it and they're not going to give you what you can't afford. Basically, so when we're talking about the uh, financing the rental property, what you're going to do is also use the inc- or sorry the rental income as income, and you can use up to fi- anywhere from fifty percent to a hundred percent of what you're receiving in rent towards your annual income to qualify for both your mortgage on your principal residence and the mortgage on the rental property. Before the income, before the rent actually starts coming in, you can apply it towards your income? You definitely can um, because it's you're purchasing the property for the purpose of renting it out. Now, you may not have it rented out for the first month or you know you might actually have a tenant that's ready to go in a couple days after closing. It depends on the circumstance, but yes, you can definitely use that rental income as, uh, we'll call it, qualifiable income. And if you have the right area, it's, it's, sometimes it's easy to get someone in because usually you have a 60 to 90 day closing. You can actually advertise that you have this property coming up and get someone in uh, you know, a couple of days after you close on the property. So it's, uh, it's a lot easier than people think, and, and that's how we want to take the stigma out of the fear of out of the uh, investment property game by just showing people that it is easy. And, and once you start relaying the the perspective of the game of Monopoly, I mean, it's it's a lot easier for them to handle because it really is just that. I mean, you're trying to pick the right properties where you're going to make money off of. And uh, it's that's how it's done. That's exactly so. how it's done. And if you talk about the other factors then that are, that are involved, I mean, do we have to bring in, you know, someone else to tell us, well, you shouldn't be putting this in your name or you want to avoid capital gains? How do you get around all of these other obstacles? Because, frankly, it does seem overwhelming and complicated. It can, see, it can be overwhelming and complicated. And what I would suggest is talk to your accountant or an accountant, somebody that can, you know, tell you what, the tax ramifications might be. Um, but I would still, you know, I, I would still look into it. I mean, do all of your, get all, you know, get all your ducks in a row, do all of your research. And, you know, I would be happy to help you figure out exactly what you would qualify for. Um, but it's really important to, once again, educate yourself and get your ducks in a row. And, and for sure. I mean, we're not accountants, so get your advice from from an accountant and they'll be able to advise mm-hmm. you. But I'm going to give you an example of one of our clients who had three children and RESPs for all three kids and was spending six or $800 a month on these RESPs. And we started talking. He bought an investment property. Eventually, over about five years, he replaced all three RESPs with investment properties. So now he's putting in about $250 a month on all three properties. So the rent carries most of the properties. There's one property that he falls a little bit short on. But instead of paying about $800 a month for RESPs, now he's putting in $250 a month for these three investment properties. 
at the end, his kids will have the option to move in if they want to go to school near there. They can, you know, sell the place, they can move into the place, or they can just pull equity from the place to get money out of. So now they have more options, and he's paying less per month because of the rental income that's coming in. So there's so many different ways that you can use an investment property uh, for future growth and, and, you know, to build equity. But even with people that are, are looking to get into the game, I mean, this is more of income replacement. What you want is as you move forward in life, you want to have these investment properties replace your income so that, you know, you can decide to work less or or maybe even leave your job. But you've got the income coming in from these properties, and that's what's building your future uh, equity and in, in income. So now is the time you're suggesting to um, look at investment properties, whether that's here in the region or beyond. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really hot pockets in the region. Even if you look at Vaughn, or you know, we've talked about the Vaughn subway line, anything around there, there's so many buildings coming up in the Jane and Highway 7 corridor right now that if you were to pick something up, it's going to be a hot place for renters because the more businesses that are going to move into that area because it's close to the subway, you're going to have more employees that are going to be renting to, to be closer to work. There's a lot of opportunity in the region right now for investors. And, you know, the the property that Heather told us about uh, earlier in the show, almost $1,800 a month. That was a one-bedroom plus a den. If you were to pick something like that up, if you were to purchase a condo uh, in the region, what is that average price for something like that right now? Some of that goes for about $400,000 to $425,000. And do you see those numbers on the rise? They are. They They are. are Because, uh, one, there's so much happening in the area. So to get in now into that area, you're pretty much getting in on the ground floor. Uh, As the university comes up there, as more amenities are put in there, there's you know, restaurants like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse are coming in there. The Marriott just went in there. There's so much happening in there. There's a lot of head office. Aviva just moved their head office there. So it's it's just a very up-and-coming area and one that, you know, when we're looking at properties for investors, this is where we want to put them. It's it's places like this that have a lot of upside. We've heard those horror stories, though, Asif. You've heard them as well, about those pre-build condos that sometimes it doesn't come through or the builders bail on you and you're stuck. Um, What advice do you have then for buyers who are doing a pre-build or you just suggest, you know what, maybe look at something that's already up and running? With the pre-build, we're talking about the condo in Vaughn probably, but, you know, there's so few and far between that that happens. So don't get stuck on that story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been maybe 150 buildings built and this one wasn't. So, you know, if you look at the other 149 that were built, then it it takes that whole component out of it. It, You know, it could happen. We're not saying it's never going to happen again. It does happen. It has happened in the past and it will happen in the future. But what you want to focus on is what your the best bang for your buck and you know lenders like lucy can also look into different builders and tell you if that's a good investment or not or what their track record is i mean there's when you guys look into qualifying people you're also looking at the building and and really definitely there's there's quite a bit, a lot more emphasis actually put on the property itself right now when we're looking at mortgage approvals as well. So you're looking so, specifically at the builders involved in these properties? We're looking at the building itself, the location, uh, the amenities around it, that sort of thing. But um, the, we'll call it the condo status certificate will have a bearing on that and, and the condo reserves and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, we're, we're 
you know, lenders are no longer just looking at the client and how much equity you have. They're very, very interested in the property itself at this point. That's great. That's really good for the buyer. And, and with these existing buildings, you know exactly what your property yeah. tax is going to be. You know exactly what your monthly fees are going to be. So it's a lot easier to budget. As an investor, you know if you're getting this much rent, you're putting this much money out. So it's a lot easier to handle and it's easier to set up as well. Mm-hmm. So from a real estate perspective, from a lender's perspective, and from a, an investor's perspective, sometimes it makes more sense to go with something that's already built. So Lucy, if we were just going to wrap up this conversation and the top few things that someone should really keep in mind if they're thinking about an investment property, what do they need to know? So the first thing I, I would suggest is get pre-qualified. Um, find out what you can and what you can't do. And the second thing that I would say, um, you know, probably at the same time you're, you're speaking with your realtors, speak to an accountant and determine whether or not, you know, your, your tax situation, um, it, you know, how badly it'll affect or if it'll affect your tax situation at all. Okay. Right. So definitely get the advice from, from professionals, but honestly, your first step should really be find out what you're qualified for before you do all the other research. Okay, good advice and thank you from one of the professionals. Thank you, Lucy, for joining us. Thank we'll you. catch up again next month. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you. And when we come back, we get to your real estate questions. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Okay, Asif, time now for our listener questions. You all set? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. The first question comes from Danny in Markham. She currently lives in a small semi and wants to move into a larger home, ideally five bedrooms. She's not looking for any in the basement. Is there an area in Markham where she should start her search? Sure, Danny. I mean, the first thing that we want to do is let's go over what your budget is, and then I can point you in the right direction as to what areas. But for five-bedroom homes, there's there's many around. I mean, there's in the older areas like Raymerville and Manhattan, you've got a lot of five-bedroom homes. You've also got newer areas like Angus Glen and Cornell, which will have five-bedroom homes, South Unionville. So let's take a look at what your budget is, what you're looking for. Are you looking for something that's about 30 or 40 years old that's been updated? Or are you looking for something newer, which is maybe under 10 years old in the Angus Glen area? Uh, and then we can point you in the right direction. But what, uh, I, th- I think the first step is to let's get together, review what you absolutely need in your home uh, as t- in types of features, finished basement, three-car garage, two-car garage, and then we can figure out where we can send you. And I'm actually a little bit surprised that you talk about so many five-bedroom homes still being available. I'm kind of shocked by that. It just depends on budget. I mean, five-bedroom homes are going to be in the 3,000 to 4,000 square foot range. So every pocket in Markham does have some of those. I mean, you can even go into Cachet and, you know, Warden and Major Mac area. You're going to get executive homes, which are on, you know, an acre or two acres. There are going to be five bedrooms as well. It just depends on your budget and where you want to end up. So let's talk a little bit then in general terms about price point. If you're looking at a home that, as you said, 30 or 40 years old, five bedrooms, what kind of price point are we looking at there compared to maybe something that is a bit newer, under 10 years? 
So in Markham, if you're looking in the Raymerville area, say, um, you know, you could be anywhere between a million to 1.3, 1.4. It really depends on what type of upgrades the home has, how it's been updated, and, you know, does it have a finished basement? Does it have a two-car garage, three-car garage? There's so many factors that are going to go into play in terms of price point and area. If you were in the cache area, you might be spending two and a half to three million. Uh, you could be in Cathedral Town. I mean, you can get a five bedroom detached in Cathedral Town for maybe around the same one and a half million. They're newer. Or you can end up in Angus Glen, where the price points are a little bit higher. You know, Cornell price points are a little bit lower. You might be around the one and a half million mark. But so basically, you can get anything from, say, 900,000 all the way up to. Three, four million dollars in Markham. That's five bedroom. Okay, that's uh, that's quite a range there for uh, Danny. Hopefully, we've answered her question. Questions. Um, our next question comes from Joe in Maple. The family has decided to sell the longtime family home, and he doesn't know where to start in terms of clearing the clutter and getting it ready for staging. Uh, where does he go for help, and how quickly can he expect to have the home ready to sell? That's a great question, Joe. Now, you know, quite often when we're looking at clutter in our own home we don't even see it so <laughs> it might be best to bring someone in like we have a concierge service in-house where we'll send them out and they'll be able to declutter for you they'll be able to tell you, you know what you can pack up you can let them know what what you want to keep maybe throw that in the basement or the garage and the other stuff you might be able to throw on Kijiji and get rid of or have other family members that may want it pick it up but it's best to have a third party help out just just to take that aspect of it away from you because you're not even going to see it because it's been there for so long and that's where it belongs. So how long do you think it would take to go through that process? Again, we don't know what kind of clutter uh, Joe is talking about, but in terms of clearing it out and then getting the home on the market, how long does that whole process take? So we've seen decluttering take a day, two days, but we've also seen the extreme end where they're hoarders and it's going to take about two or three weeks. Wow. So each case is going to be different. You know, we'll have to go in and evaluate it. We have, like I said, our concierge service, but we also have stagers that we can send in. So it, uh, you know, generally, if you're looking at an average, you're probably looking about a week to get everything set up. Okay. Good advice there. So just before we go, Asif, I understand that besides the provincial election in a few weeks, the Toronto Real Estate Board also has an election coming up and kind of a familiar name is on the ballot. (laughs) What can you tell us? There is. So I'm running for the position of director at large on the Toronto Real Estate Board. Voting ends tomorrow at noon, Sunday at noon. And with any industry, and especially real estate right now, change seems to be the only constant. And there's a lot of new ideas and a fresh perspective that will help the Toronto Real Estate Board move towards the future. That's something that I'd like to think that I bring to the table. And it's, you know, it's the new ideas. It's a fresh perspective. Our brokerage, Rematch Prime Properties, is cutting edge. We've tried and tested a lot of things that we believe will help all of our uh, membership on the Toronto Real Estate Board, that we would love to bring those ideas in and and share with the realtor community and, and help them as well. So uh, again, voting ends tomorrow at noon. I would love for Toronto Realtors to support me. And uh, you can go to torontomls.net, which is our uh, Stratus MLS, and you can cast your vote on there. And for more information, you can also go to uh, Facebook page, vote for Asif Treb. 
and uh, get some information there on what my platform is. Well, we can't deny your your expertise for sure. That's certainly something I've gained in our conversations, but your passion for the industry, and you always do seem to bring the latest in terms of your industry to our listeners. So for that, we thank you, and good luck. Thank you. All right, that's our show for this week. Remember, if you missed uh, any part of On the Market, you can go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.